Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Lifeline. It happened last night. Bernie O'Reilly. Bernie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. And what happened? <laughs> this is this is uh, the silly season, so I'm going to keep this quite okay. silly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went into uh, going into Vicar Street last night to see yeah. the wonderful Soil Arms and Hog. I and agree with you. Great trio, so, yeah. I love them, and. Um, we went for something to eat in the mm-hmm. pub beside it. And just, I didn't know, I walked into the pub and I said, this is great because Thomas Street years ago didn't have the really great pubs and it's now quite trendy and the pub is lovely. Yeah. Sitting down, um, got my burger and chips and <laughs> the next thing there's a dog kind of paw, looking up at me. You know, that yeah. dog look when the you're big, eating food. And I'm kind of going, oh my God, what's going on here? And I just said to the barman, can you please get the dog owner to take the dog away? Okay, now and, the, um, they'll take her time. Was, was the dog... No, I'm rushing, uh, I know, I, I talk no, very fast. No, was, was the dog, <laughs> was the dog, had he got those big soppy eyes on him? Yeah, you know, it was a, I think, it, I'm not good at, at the breed, but it was one of yeah. those lovely Bichon dogs. It was a lovely dog. Okay, but he wanted and, his, um, he wanted your well burger. He wanted my, yes, exactly. <laughs> And um, I just thought, I, I'm not a dog hater, I'm not a dog lover. Okay. I just I was uncomfortable, I just said to the barman, can you please find the owner? And um, it was kind of nothing really happening. And eventually I just mm. said, look, I really want to try and eat my food. And he said, I don't know who owns the dog, but a woman came came over to us and it was quite, I was with my daughters and we, we were, yeah. look, we have great sense of humour and we were out for a bit of a laugh and the woman came over and nothing wrong with the woman at all. She just took the dog up and said very indignantly, like, well, I'll take you away from the non-dog people. Oh my and God. Very strong and very, but we just laughed. I said, where are we? Where are we? I don't. We, we've moved out of Dublin. Are we back? Is Dublin changed? Do they allow dogs now? But I, again, then I saw another dog, and it was oh, a dog I didn't like. One of those bulldogs. Um, yeah. My, do- uh, my daughter said, Anya said, it was a bull, uh, French uh, bulldog or something. I, I'm not good. But anyway, I didn't like to look at the dog. And my feet are up on the, on the thing. And I'm going, oh, no, let's get out of here. The dog's under the table. Oh, no, please. So we just left. Uh, we did and finish our food, just about finish our food. But well, the funny thing was, I said to the barman on the way out, we actually can't stay here because of the dogs. We actually okay. saw three more dogs. And he just shrugged his shoulders. Nobody was in, um, impolite. Nobody, nothing. We, when we went to the, the pub next door, <laughs> my daughter looked up the Facebook page and she said this. And they have advertised that it is silly season and they're inviting everybody with their four-legged friends to come in and they have treats for the dogs. So I'm trying to decide, is this a great marketing ploy or is it ludicrous? For me... Well, it's a well-known... It's, it's a well-known... Mar- you're, you could be bang on the marketing. It's a well-known marketing uh, phenomenon that people with dogs have more money. Have more money. Are you serious? Generally. Yes. Now it's Saint John. It's called the, John's the Bar and Haberdashery. It's a, jo- yeah, yeah, John's Bar and Haberdashery. And this is what it's they a, say. It's no, it's, name. It's, dogs aren't just for Christmas in John's Bar and Haberdashery. They say oh, so this I is can't. on their oh, this is on their website. Some might argue that dogs are better than people, and we would absolutely agree. So that is why we are a dog-friendly oh. bar. Will you let me finish? 
What could yes, be better, yes, yes. Bernie? What could be better, Bernie, than a few scoops, a delicious wow burger with your canine companion by your side? Now, the problem with you was that canine companion you'd, you'd never met before in your life. We have dog bowls and doggy biscuits for all the good boys. Well, I'm sure there's girls as well. All the good boys have come to visit us here in John. So it is a dog-friendly pub. But you're saying, many dogs, it sounds like it was Shelbourne Park there last night. How many dogs are <laughs> Harold's Cross? How many dogs were there? <laughs> I, I was probably, now this was at about seven o'clock yesterday evening before the show. But I, I think uh, there wasn't loads. We we saw about three or four, but the, okay. one is enough for some people. Well, if you saw Greyhound, that means you probably served fast food. Boom, boom. <laughs> and no, it's, just, it's so funny. I never came across it in my life. Your your research is better than mine. I didn't research. I just thought they were doing it for Christmas. But I think, no, they're doing it. It's part of their, they, they see themselves as a quirky pub. Uh, we're okay, partial so that to, is quirky, okay. It is. Well, it's it's a growing phenomenon. Of the, but um, you, you weren't tempted to make a dash hunt for the Labrador, no, to get out of the place. <laughs> we did yeah. we, well I left my drink behind me and as I to say my father's from Cavan I never leave a drink behind me okay. <laughs> I left the drink behind me <laughs> we just left but it was I, I can't believe that because I've never seen it but funny enough a friend of mine has, has moved to Frankfurt and she said over there the dogs are everywhere that's be, and that's, what about the people you had a show France. on you had a show on a few weeks ago with all the terrible things that happen to people with dogs and um, oh, I know, that, I know that. I know yeah, that. I know so, that. And this is funny. This we are funny for us, but for my sister and my friend, they would have freaked altogether. You know, if you have a fear of something. Anyway, look at it. It's just interesting. I just thought okay, I'd well, say stay, it. Stay and I'd like to know well, what people stay, are saying about it. Stay there, Joe at RT.E five one double five one. Thomas Callahan. Thomas, what happened? You and your your two dogs. Yeah. Hi, Joe. Um, thanks for. Um, well, we, we're just talking about staying in hotels, you know, to be pet friendly. Okay. And in Ireland, and obviously we were way down the list of international, you know, rules about that. But many of us could go through the entire process. It's one pet only per room. One, so, oh, 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 sorry. Yeah. So, in other words, my husband and I, if we were to go to Hotel X, we'd need to get two rooms or two suites. There's only to bring our so, two dogs. They're ten kilograms each, a bichon and a kind of a mutt. But they're quite small dogs. They're very small, te- yeah. And why? What? Why? So they're saying on the one hand we are a dog friendly. Well, actually, uh, they're dog friendly, or the, the dog is the most pet friendly hotel in Ireland. But it's it's like saying we're a child friendly establishment or restaurant, as long as you only have one kid. <laughs> Leave the rest of them at home with the babysitter. <laughs> That's a, that's a good analogy. Yeah, that's a good analogy. So, uh, so did you? Did you with pr- other countries, you know, it's. Uh, uh, just looking up, we're we're way down the list, obviously, of dog friendly destinations. Um, but for example, if it's if they're worried about furniture and antiques and soiling and all, um, we, we stayed a few years ago, just the two of my husband and I had the dogs with us at the very famous hotel, the Agresco Hotel Nice, okay. on the Promenade des Anglais. Oh, no, now, if you go no. to their website, yeah. all dogs are welcome, regardless okay. of size, three or four, whatever. And they have priceless antiques and artwork all over the place there, as you know. 
Yeah, well, that's so suddenly, that's like, like Irish dogs are kind of more vicious hounds. But, obviously, the, but you know. the French treat their dogs better than we do. I was nearly going to say better than their children. Yeah, but the dogs are there's there's no there's no no um, countenance of a dog not being allowed into a exactly, a, yeah. a, a cafe or a restaurant or a beast. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Okay. And so, so did you? Did you appeal to the hotel? Well, I did uh, too, actually, but I, I didn't get a response. So, I mean, we have had. Like I said, this is a kind of a new development for us because we can't travel with COVID. Uh, we couldn't travel with COVID, and now we can't. Obviously, they don't. They're not accepted on planes, so we're staying put and staycationing. So you wouldn't go just with the one dog? No. Well, what? Who, who's going to mind you? Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Okay, okay. That's, that's... Now, Thomas, have you discovered in Ireland that there's more dog-friendly pubs, as there seems to be, and Bernie has run into one of them, or ran out? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know, but I usually don't frequent pubs, so I don't know, but there are a few I know. Yeah. Are there any rules when yes. you bring a dog to a hotel? What are, the, what are the rules? It, it depends, Joe. Um, you know, obviously, like like... Some dogs are vicious or badly trained and all, they're out of control. That's a separate matter. But usually there are rules. You can't leave the pet, if the dog's in the room on their own, which is fine. Okay. Um, they have their own exercise. They're obviously, you avoid, you know, tearing stuff up and all that. So, And you, there's usually a payment um, for that. Okay, but they have to be, do the dogs have to be kept on a lead? Uh, except on the grounds, in most cases, yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now, Bernie, was there any sign in the pub? I know you weren't there for long. Um, was there any uh, any sign in the pub saying dogs must be kept on the lead? No, no. Actually, we saw no signs. Like it's it's lovely that gentleman talking there about his dogs, and I'd, Thomas, I'd love yeah. to be a dog lover. But there was no dogs on leads, and um, no notice because we wouldn't have gone in in the first place. Because I want I want to. I just didn't want a dog looking up at me because I do. And when, I, and, when, I and when that woman said to her dog, "Come on, doggy," did she even has the doggy got a name? Did she come on, doggy? I, 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 no, uh, I actually can't remember that. Okay, it I, right. I, okay. I, I probably don't wrecked. remember. Probably Rex. I, I was a bit surprised and taken yeah. aback by <laughs> the non-dog people. Yeah, come so on, doggy. I'm identified as a non-dog person. Come on, now. doggy, and I'll take you away from these non-dog people. The non-dog Thomas, people. Very Thomas, indignant. Yeah, Thomas, have you ever come across non-dog people? Well, we have, but mostly on, on, on the beach. Like, I mean, that's totally unacceptable, yeah. what that lady is describing, obviously. Um, I mean, it's all about manners and rules, you know, and respect. Okay, well, let's, Sandra's there. 51551-TEXT. Sandra, what's your experience with... The doggy uh, life. Joe, listen, it's a nightmare. I mean, us dog lovers, I really um, appreciate what the gentleman there before you with his Thomas, two dogs Thomas, was yeah. talking about. Um, Why? I mean, Lord above. Like, we have two dogs as well. We have a beautiful greyhound and a little Jack Russell. Well, and like that, we wouldn't go anywhere without them. Um, you have a greyhound and a Jack Russell. Why did you get too... Were you afraid of them mating or something? No, Joe, but funny enough, they could mate. Do you know that? What? They've both been neutered and spayed and everything. No, Joe. A I'm Jack Russell you. and a Greyhound could mate. Listen, come here to me. Stranger things have happened with now. A ste- what, with a stepladder? With from. a stepladder? A stepladder where there's a will, there's a way, Joe. Where there's a will, there's a way now. <laughs> okay. So we'd be... Tr- oh, yeah. no, that's a tr- 
Oh, okay, I'll take a word. I just the, the image. Oh, I don't think I'll ever get that image out of my head. Oh, sure, I know. I, think I, my, know, my, Chris, I know. my Christmas is destroyed. Ah, no, Jack Russell and a greyhound mating. Come here to me, Joe. Okay, now, worse right. things have happened oh, this year. Okay, okay, so tell us. You ring that. You ring the hotel. So you ring the hotel, and you might find that on TripAdvisor or whatever else it might say dog-friendly. Okay. But I think that that was a big thing during the COVID. And then when you might ring the hotel, they'll yeah. say to you, oh, listen, we're not dog-friendly anymore. And my argument would yeah. be, Joe, if you had a choice between a big stag or a hen party and a family yeah. with a dog or two dogs, even a Jack Pet Russell dog, and, yeah. a, and a greyhound, what hand, would yeah. you rather have in the hotel room now, Joe, be honest? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you imagine the state that the stag or the hen might leave the room Yeah, in. but the stag and the hen are paying money. The dog isn't. <laughs> ah, for the love of God, Joe. But sure, the family are. Ah, but you pay a bit extra. Do you know what I mean? So has it, happened to you, has it happened to you, Sandra, that you, you rang a, a hotel where you saw on the website Dog Friendly and did they say to you, like, we have, we have our quota of dogs? No, 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 not at all. They've changed the policy, you see. They've changed the policy. Did they say um, why? Did they have a... Oh, I don't know. I didn't ask now, Joe. I didn't ask. But they just said, unfortunately, we haven't updated that. We're not dog-friendly anymore. Oh, God. And yeah, what, what, I know. And when you when you plead with them and lead with them, do you get anywhere? Ah, now, Joe, I wouldn't be doing that. Would you because not know? that first lady you there, be, you know, you wouldn't, sure, like be, you wouldn't be like a begging dog, no? Ah, God, no, Joe. I wouldn't be up <laughs> now with me two paws looking for a pet now, Joe. Not a dog. No, 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 no. I mean, like that poor lady there, the first lady, she was terrified Fair of the dog. She's none the better of it. her burger and everything. She's so, had a really, yeah. She's, she's, like, she's, like, I felt sorry for her in a way. Yeah. Like another part of me felt like, you know, the love of divine. I, I know, you know, but, you know, fair juice. Well, let me bring Liz. Liz, yeah, but Bernie, part of your problem, Bernie, is that those dogs uh, weren't on the lead in that pub. Ah, well, no, I understand that. And they're not her dogs and they're going over looking for food. I mean, I don't yeah. agree with that now, Joe. No, I do not. And not only yeah, were they not looking for food, Sandra, they were looking for free food. Free food. <laughs> well, time to hard. A bit of a burger and chips coming up yeah. for Christmas. I wouldn't blame. Liz, Liz, come in to me, Liz. 0818715815. Liz. Hi. Yeah. Hi. How are you? How many dogs have you got? I have two dogs. I have a German Shepherd and a Jack Russell. Oh, yeah. Now they couldn't. Yeah. They couldn't mate, could they? No, not now. Anyway. <laughs> Ah, exactly. A German no, Shepherd. They... Why do why do people get a Greyhound and a Jack Russell, or yeah. a German Shepherd and a Jack Russell? Why do, why do you get two dogs that are so completely different? Maybe that's the yeah, reason. Yeah, I sometimes to... ask myself that when the yeah. little dog is barking his head off, and then the big dog joins in, and you can't hear yourself think. <laughs> and yeah. what's your every German Shepherd where I grew up in Ballyfermot was called Rommel. What's your one oh, called? Rommel. I know you probably can't even say that now, but he was called Rommel. Uh, what was your what's your German uh, yeah. Shepherd called? It's called Kochi. It's called yeah. Kochi. Uh, yeah, Kochi. No, no, Kochi, darling. Kochi. <laughs> Not Kochi. No, we don't. <laughs> no, when I first got her, when I first got her, we were in. Um, I I hadn't actually got her taken possession of her, and I was trying to think of a name for her. And we were in India in a place called Kochi, and the very middle of Kochi, which a lot of people know, is a 
Okay. It's like the very centre. But anyway, okay. that's okay. Too much information. Anyway, I've never taken to a restaurant, I what, think. Well, just what's your Jack Russell called? Oh, pie. Pie. P-I. Sandra, for just for uh, for our files here, what are you? What are yeah. your dogs called, Sandra? Ruby and Billy. What? Ruby and Billy. Ruby and Billy. Okay. Sorry, Ned. Very nice. Joe, I'm going to have to go. Go, okay, I, I know. have to have a dog like myself okay, here. I'm in work. I'm in lunch. Wrong, Sandra. Wrong. Happy Christmas. Yeah. Bye, Ned. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, Sandra. Now, Liz, tell us when you when you bring your two dogs into mm-hmm. uh, the the restaurant um, or a pub or whatever. One are there yeah. more restaurants and pubs in Ireland dog friendly? Well, I don't know because I would no way bring my dog into a pub or a restaurant. Oh, would you not? Why not? Either of them. I go there for a night out. I leave them at home. They're very happy at home and they guard the house. <laughs> and but it... I have no objection to other people bring them in. But I think they must be kept on lead. You know, I mean, people who have people who have dogs must be considered of people who yeah, a don't particularly like dogs and b who might be afraid of them. What do dogs like? Uh, is one of the reasons you don't bring your two dogs into a pub or a restaurant is that they wouldn't like it. No, they wouldn't. Why not? They'd be... Well, sure, there'd be chairs, well... Yeah, it'd be strange, well, nothing yeah. to be sitting around in chairs, uh, at least with legs of chairs rubbing up against them, and then they're getting up and lying down, and they're just, um, they're not happy at all. I mean, they might, different dogs might be happy with different owners, but I sort of think that dog owners really need to consider other people, you okay. know, and we can all live quite happily together if you do that. And what do you I think... I my dog out and What do you think of our, our, our Bernie, our St. Bernie... Um, what do you think of her saying, Bernie? Someone saying to her when she was, she, did you ha- Bernie, did you have a face on you, so to speak? Were you upset about the dog? You were, weren't you? I when was this, actually. When yes, this, well, I was. Well, Liz, what do you think of the woman, the the woman coming over, uh, uh, lifting up the dog and saying, "Oh, we're going to have to take you away from these non-dog people." It's very I think cruel. that was completely uncalled for, That's and very, she was, I think, was very you. rude, and yeah. I think she should have apologised to the lady. For not having oh. her dog beside her tent. I was in last year. I was in a, with my sister who who's a, uh, in Yorkshire, and we went into a pub, and there was a dog in the pub, which is fine. The dogs in oh, all the it. pubs there, yeah. but yeah, this just... dog was grand with everybody, <laughs> except the waitress. Every time the waitress came to serve them food, he went for her. Was he a Yorkshire? <laughs> was he a Yorkshire terrier? <laughs> <laughs> where's Where's Tina Germany? Thanks, Liz. Tina, Tina, okay. Um, uh, The Italian experience, please. La Dolce Vita. Yes, they they have special trolleys in the supermarkets for the dogs. What you said, they they sell dogs in the supermarket? No, they have a trolley that you can put your dog in while you're shopping. Oh, you bring your dog? Yeah, and there's a cardboard picture on it of the dog, of a dog, to designate it. And unfortunately, one day I took it by mistake and I nearly got it. By who? By Not a by a doggo. Well, you? by the dog owner, which the was worse. The dog owner, which is worse. <laughs> yeah. And what's, what were they, insofar as you could make out, what were they trying to communicate? Well, it's just that they, they allow it because where I, I go in Italy, it's southern Italy, there's quite a lot of elderly people. Okay. And uh, it actually makes sense because they're very, very clean yeah, absolutely. You know, and, they're, and, they're, and they're a brilliant companion. 
Yeah. They're a brilliant also, campaign. Yeah. The, the people, the, the supermarkets are a very high standard of cleanliness. Yeah, yeah, of they allow the dogs in. I don't agree with that now. But if your dog was afraid of being on a trolley, could you walk your dog around on no, a lead? No, I don't think so, ah, no. That's, that's interesting, isn't it? No, so but that's what I'm saying. But it's actually okay. But I personally don't agree with that a dog in the supermarket. But they have such high standards of hygiene, so they must have sorted it out, you know. And the great thing is, if you bring your dog in the trolley into the supermarket, they can pick their favourite dog food. And they themselves. do, yeah. Yeah, and like they don't want the cheap brands. No, no. Oh, no. no, now our animals only get the cheap brands. And what, 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 what are your two dogs, Tina? What uh, a collie and a, two rescue dogs, a collie and a little terrier. Okay. And they, every dog couple we've had today, there's no possibility of them ever mating. Is there, physically, without a step no. ladder? Well, even that. Even that, even that. Okay, yeah. so Tina, one is you... Th- so one is One is 20. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. And how the yeah. hell is he or she? What's his name or her name? Uh, Bella, she's a colleague. Bella, she's okay. A, we rescued her and the little oh. dog puppy, we rescued him. But I don't think it's a big deal. If people know a pub is designated for dogs, that's fine. But there should be, I mean, you would, it's the same with kids. People don't like it. Like when people are in pubs with kids and the kids are like, oh, yeah. people don't like it. That doesn't mean you don't allow it, but no, you know, people yeah. keep their kids under control. But Bernie, your point is you were, you didn't know you were going into the doghouse, sure you didn't at the dog pub. <laughs> no, we didn't actually until not... a food was on the table. And your man came up. Because it was quiet at the time and it was only yeah, late, okay. I suppose, with the time. Now, it was, we've, yeah, we've, no, we we've been on to St. John's or what's it called? John's Haberdashery. I thought, John Haberdashery. I thought, they, I thought they were going to come, in, come on because it's, it's, it's nothing to be... Uh, anyway, they're not coming on. They said yes, I think, initially and then they, they talked. Uh, the pub want to apologise for the dog roaming free as it should have yeah. been on a lead. Absolutely. But did you not say it to the barman who I, owns I the dog? The barman twice and also he all the, the dogs that we saw three at least were not on lead okay well the barman and one girl came into the pub and she actually nearly fell over one of the dogs and she just made well, a face and I just well, said that, well, he no, could have that's, that's what will frighten pub owners someone tripping over a dog Exactly, exactly. And that girl, but the girl just, she and was young, she just kind of made a face. And we, where she didn't you, where, where you used to bar men or bar women or whatever at half eleven shouting at you, so if you no homes to go, they can be heard when they want to be heard. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, my father okay. was a public and I used to do that myself. <laughs> okay, where's, where's, um... So good at shouting. Seamus Buds, Seamus Buds. Are you sure? Okay. Um, don't tell me you have a sister called Rose, have you, Seamus? <laughs> I don't, Joe. I don't. I'm lucky. I don't. What happened? You live in Harrogate in the UK, and you, you're. Well, what happened when you came to Ireland? Yeah, um, I was back in October, Joe, uh, for 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 a week or over a week, and myself and my wife, um, and we have a little dog called Bella. She's uh, about two and a half years of age. Okay. Uh, but we basically, uh, I wanted to show my wife um, some of Ireland, so we went. We went from Belfast to Donegal, down through Westport, down through County Clare, and back down to Waterford, where I'm originally from. Uh, and we based um, we based most of our travels on pet friendly accommodation, uh, basically, okay. which which we found which we found quite useful actually. Yeah, so you know we found a hotel in Belfast uh, that they accepted. So, so Belfast was probably the most expensive place. They charge you about twenty pounds for a dog. Wow. Um, not 
not not every hotel um not every hotel takes dogs I must say but we found one in the city centre that took and that was twenty pounds. Apart from that, uh, the B we stayed in some B and B's then after that when they charged mm. anywhere from about maybe five euro to ten euro um for a dog. Um one one of the best places I found was um the Wyatt Hotel in Westport. Okay. Um which which was an absolute cracker actually. Uh, um I, I don't know was it a coincidence but the the dog friendly room seemed to be on the ground floor. And oh, that's um, a good idea, yeah. Yeah, there was a door there was a door from our bedroom actually well, out to the car park down well, below to, where you well, could let, where to, you could let the dog out. Well, to go back to Thomas Callahan's point, he said when uh, the, the hotel said they were dog friendly and they said great Thomas and his partner they were going uh, and his husband actually they were going they were going to book the hotel and they said we have a dog each or two dogs between us and uh, the hotel said no only one dog per per couple or one dog per room Did, was there any of that in your travels where's he gone he's dropped off in Oregon. Um Liam McCabe Liam you, you're a chef well, I used to be a chef, Joe, okay. and um, the position is, um, I used to be a chef back in the 70s, and it's no different now. Okay. You can't have a dog on the premises, full stop. That first woman that rang in was quite correct. Bernie. She was shocked. Yeah, Bernie. She was shocked for her daughters. Why can't, you, why can't you have a dog on the premises? You just cannot have an animal in the premises. Ring the HSC or the, the, the food the food authority and they'll come and they'll close you. Why? You Why? Two things two things a chef will get sacked for. Number one, smoking in the kitchen or number two, an animal in the kitchen. You just can't have the a animal, dog in a kitchen. But Liam, the animal isn't in the kitchen. He's in the bar or the restaurant. I know he's in the bar, but he shouldn't be on the premises. He can get in. If that poor woman was having a meal, and next thing the chef is looking at the dog with 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 the, with, the, with, the, with a very sad face. Do you understand me? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying to you is, if I if I, if I was the head chef there, I'd be saying to the owner, listen, give me my P45 quick, take it out of here, because I'm not going to have somebody going to close this premises, and that's exactly what happens. Well, it's again, serious now. Have. Huh? The dog wasn't in the kitchen. The dog was in the bar or the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. If the woman had to know in the first place, Bernie, yeah. that she was going in to, to go into the pub and next thing she'd see four dogs looking at her, she wouldn't have went in. I certainly wouldn't go in. If I seen a dog and that dog and thing, I'd be saying, this, I'm not paying for this. Well, could it, I don't know. But we all know, looking back on the, uh, the day, so to speak, and now I, I think that I think you, you could be onto something here about food. Because this pub, as most pubs do, now serve food. But in the country pub, the farmer used to ramble down with his sheepdog of an evening and the dog would sleep under the, get under the table and he'd get a little bowl of water every now and again and the farmer would sip on his couple of pints. There was never a problem there, Liam. Well, that's, that's fair enough. I'm only, I'm only saying to you, um, Joe, that I wouldn't allow any animal, any animal in the, on the premises that I'd be serving food if I was the chef there, full stop. That's the way it goes. Just ring the, the food authority and ask oh, them, is it okay to bring, is it okay to bring in? That's yeah, why well, they're that's there. That's a question, yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I'm saying, if, if there was no food being served apart from Tato or King Crisps, or, uh, could, you, could you bring a dog in where there's no, no food you, you being can't, served? No, 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 no. If you go to Supervisor or Tesco, do you think they're going to let a dog in? They won't let a dog in. They'll throw them out. Okay, well, and, we have, uh, hang, hang on, Liam. We, uh, after the break, 
we'll talk to the manager and you, you can explain of, of John's haberdashery. It's a pub and a restaurant in Thomas Street in Dublin. 51551. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Anna Chikoka is the manager of John's Bar and Haberdashery in Thomas Street in Dublin. Anna, good afternoon. Hello, I'm, I'm actually just a supervisor. Oh, okay, here. well done. Well, yeah. well <laughs> yeah. please, please God, Anna, we, you'll be manager by the end of the year because you're, you sound very competent and, and uh, on top of the job. What happened in this case, do you know, Anna? What went wrong, if anything? Yeah, so it must have just been too busy as I wasn't around on the night, unfortunately, and people just weren't keeping an eye on their dogs. But what, what we do is we ask everyone to keep their eye on their dogs and as well with okay. the staff. We all keep an eye and make sure they don't go anywhere near the kitchen. We do have a really good eye whenever a dog does come in. Okay, and to have you sign up saying the dogs must be kept on the lead? Uh, no, we don't. We just have a sign that says that we're dog friendly. We're, we're free for the dog to roam around the bar itself but nowhere near the kitchen once the owner has an eye on the dog but they are allowed to walk around freely in the the public space yeah they're allowed to walk around freely because most customers just love the dogs they love petting them and hanging out with them we just want the owner to have an eye and make sure the dog behaves yeah but Bernie said the three dogs were looking for her dinner yeah, and I'm really sorry that happened. <laughs> I'm extremely sorry that it did happen. If you want to come in, I'll get my... If she wants to come in, and I'll get my general manager to, to do something about it, maybe comp the meal or get her a new one. Not, um, a, not a new meal now, not a yeah, new dog. <laughs> oh, no, no, definitely not the dog. We don't offer that service well, here. Let me, let me go back to Liam. Yeah. Liam, um... The foods, the, there's about 18 different foods. So we've Safe Food Ireland, Food Safety Authority, the food safety, there's about five different uh, organisations. But anyway, Food Safety Authority of Ireland, uh, they say they've just clarified the rules surrounding dogs being allowed into premises. I wonder if this all changes in Ireland since COVID, when we took a great love of animals, uh, more, a greater love, sorry. It is now, are you ready, Liam? Are you sitting down? I am. Okay. It is now at the discretion of the food business owner whether or not they allow dogs into their premises. Has the country gone to the dogs, Liam? <laughs> well, 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 I think they are. And you can tell Anna that I wouldn't be taking an extra meal off it because I wouldn't be going to any place like that. <laughs> and if I was ringing up, and I ring up many places, and I go to eat many places, I didn't know I'd have to ask that question. Um, is the dogs okay. allowed on the premises? Okay, we've another another clarification. I don't know where, where, where is this one coming from? The Food Safety Authority or Safe Food Ireland or whatever. But um, why do we have the food? Why do we have a Food Safety Authority of Ireland and Safe Food Ireland? Well, you see, you have it because what why? you have is they're the same, aren't they? Yeah, but you see, the thing about it is... Yeah, that's, yeah, sorry, that's just me rambling. Um, dogs are now allowed into food premises such as restaurants and cafes if the business owner so wishes, provided that proper procedures are in place to prevent dogs from having access to areas where food is prepared, stored or handled. As per, this is important now, as per EU regulations. Now, Liam, could it be... Uh, Bernie was eating her, f- sorry, about to eat her, f- her well burger or whatever, and the dog came. The dog came over and they sat around her in a circle, and the three of them had their big eyes 
crying or whatever, looking for a bit of food. Could that be could that be classified as an area where food is being handled, even though it's being handled by Bernie? You with me, Liam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm saying to you is, Joe, that you're not supposed to have dogs. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be happy walking in a place yeah. where there'd be dogs there because the dogs weren't on the leash. You admitted that the dogs weren't on the dogs. There could be if they're not getting the food out, say with the customers, you, 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 the dog with the crying eyes would be going back into the chef looking for it to see what he give them anything. Yeah. And he's probably a dog lover. And as well as that, when them dogs start to lick anything around the thing, oh, oh my god! But I thought, the, but I thought a dog's tongue was oh. sterile. Oh Jesus! Stop, Joe, will you? Oh. God, I thank God I'm sitting down. I'd ask you to call an ambulance. Will you stop? And, uh, I'd ask you to call an ambulance. Thank God I'm sitting down. Thank God you asked me to sit down. Because, see, Jesus uh, Almighty. Okay, Anna, Anna, have you had... Uh, are you a very popular pub for dogs? Oh, yeah, we have many regulars that come on with their dogs all the time. There, We even have a few of the puppies up on our Instagram page. Okay. And it's very popular spot to bring your dogs in. And could a dog... If a dog came in on his own. Oh, no, we'll be looking for the owner and I'm not too sure what we do because that never happened before. <laughs> for know, a dog to come in on its own because well, open the door and all. Yeah, he's hoping to meet another dog and go in and go into Vicar Street. I mean, it's a great spot for to make friends. Okay, okay. Anna, how long are you open? Um... It depends on the day. We're open till half eleven. Oh no! Uh, no, how many? How many years are you open? Oh, we're open. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's my fault. Oh uh, yeah, we're o- We've been open since twenty nineteen. Oh, you're only a reason. Okay, and apparently you have um, you have um, um, lovely displays and memorabilia and all that carry on. Now, a very, a very important question, Anna, and brace yourself now for this question because it could mean promotion or otherwise. Do the dogs? That are allowed into Anna Jacob, where, she, where, she, where Anna is a supervisor. Do the dogs in John's Bar and Haberdashery in Thomas Street, Dublin 8, do they have to be over 18? <laughs> no, they don't. Dog years work a Good little luck. different. Happy Christmas. If they're over Happy 18 Christmas. in dog years, then it's okay. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. From dogs to uh, twerkies. Jerry Boland, Jerry. Hello, Joe. You're going to ruin Christmas for so many people. Why? Um, Why? No, you're going to call me a killjoy, of course. No, I'm not. I'm not, I didn't say that. I just said you're going to... I know you didn't. Yeah. What's, um, what's well, the problem? What's the problem with twerkies? Why are you... Um, there's no problem with turkeys, Joe. I suppose... The reason I'm on to you is because at this time of the year, beginning around the end of November and going okay. right through probably before that, yeah. we enter into what I would call a slaughter fest oh, of, you know, around the world, you know, globally billions of animals. And we do the same here and we do that to celebrate a season of peace and goodwill. And it has always struck me since I became vegetarian and then vegan, it has always struck me as a bizarre way to celebrate what is essentially a season of peace and goodwill. And I think most people kind of understand that, but because mm-hmm. meat and turkeys and the tradition of turkey at Christmas is so embedded in our culture that, you know, everything goes out the window. Even people because who might feel nice. uncomfortable. Because people, hmm? because it's nice. It's tasty. Well, it's, of course it's nice. It's I didn't we're, eating turkey. We're, we're told it's healthy of all the meats and the poultry. Turkey is up there. Well, I didn't give up eating animals 
because I didn't like the taste of them, Joe. I gave up okay. eating them a long, long time ago because two things happened around the same time. One, I discovered that a lot of the aspects of animal agriculture were pretty horrendous, mainly factory farming. And two, around the same time, I realised that I didn't have to eat animals to, to live. And, you know, 35 years later, you know, I haven't been complicit in the killing of any animal. And I suppose mm. I've, I'm happy about that. And I've, I'm extremely healthy. And um, I eat, uh, you know, incredibly tasty food and very creative food, you know. And so... I suppose that's my. And what will you my, have on Christmas Day? Um, well, I'm not doing the uh, I'm not doing the cooking this Christmas, okay. so I'm I'm going visiting. So okay. it's up to do. But there's a you know there's, there's a. But there's loads of tasty. There's a, but there's loads of tasty alternatives. That's fine, isn't there? There's loads of gorgeous alternatives. But sure, all of your listeners, Joe, would be aware of what's happened in the last couple of years in relation to the phenomenal growth in veganism. So you only have to walk into a supermarket mm. and see the vast range of foods there. Um, and so, so would you not? But Jerry, but Jerry, my point is, would you not leave it at that? Do you? How do you mean? Why, why are you campaigning for and making people feel awful if they they buy a tour? You what you say? The slaughter season. Well, it's a slaughter fest. That's what it is. Like you know, we 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 raise in in the world. We we raise almost eighty billion farm animals every year and slaughter them every year. And the only reason they're alive is so we can slaughter them and eat them. We don't need to eat them. Like that's quite obvious that we don't need to eat them. Um, and so my main, I suppose my main point is that we all have a moral compass facing a particular mm. way. And there are certain people who are listening to this show now, you know, who you know whose moral compass points entirely the different direction to mine. But I believe that most people's moral compass points largely in the same direction as mine, which is compassion and kindness to, you know, all living beings. Yeah, and so why, so, I so, yeah, but why don't you, you see, why don't you just leave it at that instead of, because uh, your implication is, Jerry, that if I eat turkey or anyone eats turkey on Christmas Day, they're immoral. Ah, no, no, that's not an implication at all. No, because I got, you know, I was a meat eater for 30 years, Joe, so yeah. I know what it's like. I, I come from, I come from a meat eating family. I'm just pointing out the fact that we don't need to kill animals. And I, you know, and coming up to Christmas time when there is a tradition of, you know, having a big feast, why, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm asking people just to consider that why do do people think it's acceptable to kill unnecessarily, uh, especially the way they're farmed, you know, because most people think that, you know, turkeys are farmed outdoors. But, you know, 90% of all EU turkeys are farmed indoors in sheds and we're in the EU. So, you know, so it's not just a question of, of mm-hmm. eating meat. It's a question of how the animals are treated and how they're, you know, so like no animal wants to go to slaughter. This is why I'm a vegan and why, you know, I'm an animal rights campaigner because I understand, and interesting that it's following the conversation about the dogs. Yeah. Like I understand like the bizarre relationship we have between, you know, our domestic animals and our pets and our turkeys and our pigs. I don't see much of a difference in terms of their feelings and their sentience. And I think that if we're going to treat our dogs and our cats like kings and queens, then we should show respect for all the other other sentiment animals on the planet. And we don't. We've we've devised a system of raising and slaughtering these animals, which is just insanely brutal. And And you're saying there's there's enough there's enough non non uh, there's enough vegetarian and vegan food uh, available in the world. It's, it can be quite expensive as well. Uh, if we got rid of animals tomorrow, full stop, so to speak, there's enough well, actually, there's enough accessible, reasonably priced, uh, non 
non carnivore, non non meat uh, items available um, at a reasonable price to replace it all and make no difference. Well, you could nearly turn that question on his head, Joe, because the reason that there is such well, it's also politics and economics, but the reason that we're not feeding the world is because we have a very inefficient system of feeding the world, which is um, feeding about 80% of all the grain that's grown in the world, feeding it to animals and then feeding to us. So, like, that is the most inefficient system we can think of. You know, like, we're an intelligent species and we have a completely stupid food system, um, which is completely inefficient. So if we move to a plant-based diet, which isn't going to happen today or tomorrow, but definitely will yeah. happen in the next 50 years, okay. we are... Okay, say, say with us, Jerry. Uh, 0818 158 Uh Peter Whelan is a free-range uh, uh, farmer. Peter, um, first of all, is there going to be... We were told two weeks ago the country went into free fall before we went into free fall about the weather. Um, the country went into free fall about the the prospect of there being a shortage of turkeys. Is there a shortage of turkeys, Peter? No, Joe, I don't think so, thank God. Um, uh, I know Jerry would like to think that there, there would be, but uh, I don't know. Look, at um, the, the flu, the bird flu was a big worry, but uh, I think there was only two outbreaks in County Monaghan. Oh, that's right, and, yeah. And they've contained them. So uh, now there is the bird flu is still out there because uh, I know uh, there were some wild birds even in our own area uh, suffered from it. But okay. thank God, uh, and we have some. Tri- I've I've uh, friends of mine who who I socialise with, and they rear uh, poultry and uh, they rear them for for some of the bigger companies, and they're very very concerned. You know, so they're on lockdown literally. Okay, well, so, so, um, but we're only a week away, so it looks fine. Yeah, no, no, because most of them. I know Jerry doesn't want to hear this. And look, look, let's be honest. Every farmer, by the way, just to, to pick up on a couple of points there with Jerry, you know. Okay, do you? Most, most farmers are very compassionate with their animals. I know it might sound like a contradiction. We rare them to kill them, but it, like, it goes back hundreds of years. It's, it's a culture and a tradition, and it's part of the food chain. The animals are in there for a reason, but for the, for the food chain. Now, look, I respect Jerry's, uh, you know, his opinions. Uh, I don't agree with him, obviously. Uh, I think I was on your show before, and we had some heated arguments in the, with some vegan people. Look, the vegans are not going to go away. But I want to assure them that neither are the pig farmers or the turkey growers, no matter how much they keep beating their drum. Mm-hmm. I, was in one of the mul- I was in one of the multiples there recently, and I was looking for... I just had a deal on me for the beef wellington, and I was too lazy to make it, and I said, I'd look for one of the, the bigger multiples, and I said, I was looking around, and I seen and thing, oh, there it is, beef wellington. And I looked at the box, and it said... When I looked at it closely, it said, no beef wellington. And I said, I hear, for God's sake, this is going... This is taking the, the PISS. Oh, sorry, said, it was a vegan beef it, wellington, it was a, so yeah, to speak. It was no, no, a could, vegan non-beef wellington. Yeah, sorry, it, was yeah. A no, it was a beef wellington <laughs> with no beef. <laughs> it was like our friend, the point, remember a while back, and I, I have to apologise, I never brought in the, the carrot sausage. I'll do that for you in the new year. Mm, the sausage think. that looks like a carrot, or the carrot that looks like a sausage. You know, like, this is my big problem with the vegan people. If they want to go vegan, let them, they can eat cardboard as far as I'm concerned. But don't try to beat up the, uh, the agriculture. It's part of our economics. It's part of our heritage. It's part of our culture. Now, I'm going to be selling, I'm going to get a plug in here, the whole hogs. I'll be selling my free-range uh, hams in the honest-to-goodness market in Glasnevin, and I'm taking the last of my orders on Saturday. Okay, I'll get your plug in. Get, um, get uh, plug in. Jerry, what, is, is free-range acceptable? Um, well, it's better than yeah. factory farming. Obviously, factory farming is the worst you can imagine. But, you know, all... All um, animal agriculture exists um, basically to kill the animal. And there is no easy way to kill an animal and no animal wants to die. And also, I accept what Peter's mm-hmm. saying, like, but it's a business. And once you have profit in the business, 
the animals are always going to have a second place or a third place or a fourth place. That's my experience of it. So some yeah. some farmers obviously. Um, but if I'm getting a feedback, Joe, on my on my phone here, I don't know whether you are on air. No, no, no. We'll try and we'll try and fix that uh, uh, presently. Uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry, could I, uh, Joe, could I come in there? I, I'm kind of partly going to agree with Jerry, but just to put something on the record, like just to give a background as to where I originally came from. I, I walked, uh, I ran a dog pound for Mead County Council uh, not that long ago under contract on my farm. And I used to, and I still keep in contact with a lot of the dog rescue people. So I'm very much welfare orientated. Mm-hmm. My pigs roam, uh, my pigs roam freely. Now look, I'm going to be 100% honest with you, Jerry. I don't like, and I genuinely don't like bringing the pigs for slaughter. It's the worst day of the week that I have to do it. And that's being 100% honest. And I think every farmer will tell you that deep down. So like, People have to understand that. And I know, you know, you can say, like, people are protected from it. When they walk into the supermarket, they pick it up off the shelf. They don't have to witness it. Unfortunately, us, the farmers, we have to do the dirty work, which it is dirty work. We have to get them killed. But, we have, but, we're, but we're very, very conscious that it's done in the most humane way. The animals are treated with the height of respect for the length that they do live. And my particular pigs, which are free-range, live twice as long as the ones that are locked up commercially. But there is still a market for the commercial pigs. You know, like them people, they're there, they're, there's a reason for it. And that brings me on to another issue. Like, we have Irish pig meat uh, and been driven down and down and down in price by imported loads of imported pork from outside of the country. But that's another day's work. But I think, Jerry, look, there's plenty of room for you guys to stay vegan, but I don't think you should be ridiculing the people who eat turkey and ham, especially the fact that you ate meat for so long yourself. You're, you've taken it, like, if I give up the drink tomorrow... I'm not going to start telling people to give up Guinness or Smithics or Harvard. Okay, Jerry, do you want to reply? Well, yeah, Peter's on a complete roll now and he's using words like ridicule. Like, I, that isn't the tone of the conversation I was having at all. I haven't ridiculed Peter. I haven't ridiculed the factory farming industry. I'm questioning the morality you, of raising... You call it a slaughter fest. Well, it is a slaughter fest. If, 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 no, that's, that's a factual, we don't that's have a fact. Festival. We, don't have, we don't have a festival well, when we're killing our animals. If, if you let me make my points, like, I... It's not you, Peter, that I'm arguing particularly with. I'm, I'm pointing out that the vast amount of the food that we eat that comes from the animals mm. are raised on factory farms, and it's particularly around Christmas time. And I know you say that it's a hard day for you um, bringing the animals to slaughter, but that's not the case for a lot of farmers who send the animals off to Libya and to Egypt, etc. Most, well, a lot of farmers and the big farmers, it's simply out of sight, out of mind, and they don't really care once they've gone out of the farmyard. It's, 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 it's an exploitative, it's a cruel business, and I'm sorry to say that, but I know you don't agree. I would see you at the better end of it. But at the end of the day, we're raising animals unnecessarily to kill them and eat them when we don't need to eat and them. Could, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't have a break, so I can't look it up. I'm trying to find out, could the world survive without, <laughs> without meat? And in the short term, the answer is no. But, no. Jerry, what about, um, what about this lab-cultured meat that they're now working on? Yeah, well, it's coming down the road like a train, Joe, just like, you know, so, well, there's no animals, like alternative energy. Yeah, but there's no animals being slaughtered, as you say yourself, to produce that meat. So would that meat be accept- acceptable? Um, well, it's coming from cell culture of, of animals, but I, obviously it's, it's immensely better than what is going on at the moment. Anything, so Joe, lab, so lab, so lab-produced meat is better than farm-produced meat? Well, in ter- well, certainly in terms of compassion for the animals, it's it's a hundred percent better. I'm not saying that okay. it's the solution. To, I'm not saying it's the solution to world hunger or anything like that. It's not the kind of food that I'd like to eat personally. But certainly in terms of 
in, in terms of compassion... Peter, I want to let Sarah in. She's been holding on a while. Sarah, your point, please. You agree with Sherry? Good afternoon, Joe. Yes, yes, entirely I agree with Jerry. Um, and the the pig farmer there who's feeling kind of Peter. offended or maybe... Peter, Peter. P- Peter, yeah. Attacked that people are ridiculing the farmers. I didn't hear Jerry ridicule the farmer. Well, and he did, his, and he did use the phrase slaughter fest and he did use the phrase, he's been using the word morality a lot. And how is that ridiculous? Continue making your points. I'm not saying it's ridiculous or not. I'm just going to stand up for Peter a bit because he's outnumbered. Your point, please, Sarah. Continue, please. So, yeah, I don't see how this kind of um, embodies compassion and kindness for the Christmas by killing turkeys. And also another point that no one seems to have made is the impact on the environment and the climate. Animal agriculture is absolutely devastating. It's the number mm-hmm. one thing in Ireland um, that's impacting climate change. And I just thought maybe if you thought about, because it seems to be so normal here in Ireland, people, I did too, um, grew up eating pork mm-hmm. and chicken and whatnot, the bacon and cabbage and the roast chicken. Um, whereas in, let's say, Indonesia, China, they grew up eating dog meat. And that's fine, but I think any Irish person would be horrified if you put a burger in front of them and said, that's a lovely piece now of dog meat. That's exactly my point, Sarah, that I was making, that uh, in different cultures, I, 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 I love my dog, but I wouldn't eat dog meat, and I think it's terrible to kill a dog. But the people in China do it. And the people in Ireland have eaten turkey and ham for all of it, and we have people now, vegan people, coming on, I won't use the word ridicule because it offends you, but they're coming on and they're saying that people should not eat turkey and ham for Christmas. Now, if, I, I mean, I could say I'm having a pint of Guinness, I, but I'm not, going, I'm not an alcoholic, but I'm going to give up the Guinness next year and nobody should have a pint of Guinness or a pint of whatever at Christmas. You know, if you want to be a vegan, absolutely. I, I have people that come into our market in Dublin in Glasnevin every Saturday and they're vegan but they, they walk by my stall and they say sorry I don't want to buy anything from yeah, you but in, fairn- in, fairness, I- in fairness Peter like Okay, people might get slaughtered drinking a few pints, so to speak. Exactly, to use that no, but nothing is nothing is slaughtered in the making of a pint of Guinness. No, no, oh, there no is, one has died. Oh, there is, there is, there is. The hops and the hops are they not a living creature? They're now, murdered. That is they're ridiculous. Murdered. I'm really sorry. That is ridiculous. Ho- you need to do a tiny science lesson. They don't the have a murdered. central nervous and system. And they're, drowned. they're not they're drowned sentient well. beings. So you really need to do open up a science book before you yeah, say no, things you like need that. To open up, I'm going to open up my, my plate of turkey and ham is what I'm going to do and I'm going to enjoy okay. every bit of it. Okay, you did people, that. You did that. An animal people. that didn't want to die that was murdered. You can call it humane all day long. I don't want to die. But, yeah, but, but Sarah, if, if it was murdered under the rules of society, Peter Whelan would be in prison. I'd, I'd be locked up, but yeah. Sure, that's, for a long time, slavery was absolutely ah, okay. fine. Totally okay. normal. And is there a difference between humans and animals? That's, you're saying there isn't. Uh, well, he was talking about the hops, the hops being murdered. And I said, that no, the you're, hops say, you're saying, have a you're saying, system. you're saying animals are the same as humans when it comes to morality, <sighs> etc. Well, do they want to die? Do they resist you, going into the slaughterhouse? Have they volunteered to die? I don't if you can find an animal, if you can find a pig that volunteers to end its life, okay. I'd happily eat a rash of sandwich. I didn't stop eating meat because average, I didn't well, like the taste of yeah, it. Yeah, but, but there's someone who kills an animal, a criminal. 
what's your laws? There you go. Laws and cultures are different from place to place. Okay, well, abattoirs are legal. They're inspected. Butchers are legal. It doesn't make okay, it. Okay, going to leave it at that. Jerry, right. Jerry Bowl and Peter Wheel and Sarah. Thanks indeed. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Now, you, you would have heard earlier on that Princess Abigail Kanawaikoa um, of Hawaii uh, died 96 years of age, and Hawaii is in mourning flags at half mast, and uh, she was regarded as the last member of the Hawaiian royal family, except that she has very, very strong Irish connections in that her great-grandfather was a man called James Campbell who came from uh, Derry and he emigrated to Hawaii and he set up sugar plantations and then they married into the then... Hawaii is obviously a state now of the USA, but the then Hawaiian royal family and this woman, Princess Abigail, was held in a very, very high regard. Maeve Mullen is of Finders International Ireland. Maeve, good afternoon. Good good afternoon, Joe. And have you looked up uh, the family three of uh, James Campbell right down to... Is there any any prospect that there's still relations in Ireland? We... We haven't looked into the the family tree of James Campbell fully at all in that we just started looking at this about 20 minutes ago or half an hour ago. But we we certainly will. Um, But looking at the article about uh, Princess Abigail, I would be surprised if an elderly lady with such a, a... a lot of assets that she wouldn't have made a will herself. Okay, so so the Campbells in Ireland, especially those up around Derry, can't forget about it. Um, well, I wouldn't discount it completely, but um, I'd say it's fairly unlikely that uh, the Campbells from Derry are going to be in line for her okay. uh, beneficiaries of That's her estate. And it is, yeah. are all these stories we hear, sometimes we see ads and you, you more often read about them in novels about uh, people searching for long lost relatives to give them some money. Does that happen? Yes, uh, it, it certainly does. There are often ads in the newspaper or um, we do a lot of work um, from the UK where somebody Irish or somebody who had Irish parents um, passes away in the UK and yeah. they don't have anybody belonging to them and they haven't made a will and we get asked to locate um, Irish family. So, like, this year alone, we would mm-hmm. have located Irish beneficiaries uh, to uh, estates abroad um, in every county in Ireland. Wow. Yeah. And are, are many wills, especially where there's, where there's a will, there's a, there's a, a, a row and, and money, <laughs> do, do many wills end up in disputes over people who named, who some members of the family think shouldn't be named? As beneficiaries, I, I, I suppose there there can be contentious uh, wills that are are contended, um, but I suppose there that that's one instance, uh, one side of the work that we do is locating a beneficiary who's named in a will, where the family and the solicitor don't know 
where that person is or who that person is. Okay. And we we locate those people names in wills. And then the other side of it is where the deceased person did not make a will at all. They died intestate and um, all of their entitled relatives need to be located. Okay, and many, uh, and, and without going back into uh, Judo and the Pecock and Sean O'Casey, but how many beneficiaries could there have you, what's the maximum number, sorry, what's the highest number of uh, um, sorry, the greatest. What's the greatest number of beneficiaries you've ever come across in a will? Uh, oh, in a will, um, I've seen a will where a lady who passed away in Dublin, um, she was married, but she didn't have any children, and her husband had predeceased her, and she left money to about. 40 different charities. Wow, fair play to her. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. one will that I can think of. This year, um, one of the largest um, cases that we worked on was a gentleman who passed away in the UK. Um, he didn't have, he wasn't married, didn't have any children, yeah. didn't have any brothers and sisters. Um, and they, it, it went out a two uh, second cousins and his um yeah there was 62 beneficiaries wow. to that estate but, but did any of them know the, the deceased uh, they some of them would knew, have knew of, him. of him yeah some of them would have known of him and we often come across that with families where um they, you know, yes, they're delighted to get a phone call from us mm-hmm. where they're they're going to inherit um, some money. Often it, it might not be a huge amount of money, um, but at least it's, it, it's inheriting something. But often family members are actually very, very interested in their own family history and whatever happened to that great uncle yeah. John or great auntie Bridget who who went to England or America and was never heard of again. By the way, if there's, if there's more beneficiaries, do more legal people, people benefit? Do you follow me? Um, <laughs> the more, well, not necessarily okay. in that, so if if there's a large number of beneficiaries, I, I suppose it's a larger estate for mm-hmm one solicitor to administer. Um, it's, it, 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 it's more work for them administratively. Um, whereas if there is just one or two beneficiaries, that's fairly straightforward and handy. You okay, Maeve okay, yeah. Mullen is Director of Finders International Ireland with some good news there and some sad news for the Campbells of Ireland. Thanks indeed, Maeve. Maeve Mullen, Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Help, please, for Christmas week here on Liveland. We will be doing the uh, highs and lows of uh, 2022. This is a phenomenon we've been doing for, I think, 15 years. And then we did at the end of the 10s, in other words, in 2020. 
just before um, I think it was 2019 we did it for the highlights of that year that was the last one because of Covid because the world changed in those two years and uh, the highs and lows programme is in Christmas week so it's not about famine or war or pestilence it's about uh, broader and in some cases some cases lighter so for example when we did the highs of the decade show these were your highs of uh, the years from 2000 to 2010. Uh, number 10, it was, you see, Ireland is changing by the day. Uh, number 10 of the Eucharistic Congress. Number 9, Saoirse Ronan's success. Number 8, the Easter Rising commemorations. Number 7, the closure of the head shops. Anyone remember them? Number 6, Katie Taylor's victories. Number 5, election of Pope Francis. Number 4, the Queen's visit. Number 3, the Papal visit. Number 2, Jim Gavin's dubs, non-stop winning. Uh, in Croker, and then the number one highlight of that decade was the marriage equality results. So there you have it now. So we're looking for your nomination for the highs and lows of this past year, and we will uh, have a programme next week, and you will be uh, uh, have a vote. We've Roddy Collins coming in, and we've Deirdre Lundy coming in, and we'll have a panel to help you uh, make make up your your mind. Uh, Hannah O'Sullivan, Hannah. Hey, John. What, what happened? For inviting so, me on. A good um, news story you told us, but tell us what happened. Yeah, um, so I was just telling Brenda this morning that, um, yeah, I just, I was out in my car yesterday, I was visiting my mum and dad, and um, okay. just an engine warning light came on on the dashboard on the car, you know, and um, so I was passing through Glanmire, and I kind of was aware that there was a mechanic in kind of Glanmire village okay so I said I'd pull in there and see would they have a look at it for me you know so um, I just pulled it into the garage and the man came out and he, he like obviously plugged in the I don't know what you call it the actually, computer you know, yeah, the, the, diagno- yeah, the diagnostic the diagnostic yes, thing yeah yes. so, and um, it came oh. up on the screen like to say that there was a fault with the river, oh, you know? good so luck it, good yeah, luck so he was like, I think it's the turbo, like, or something on his thought. Like, I, like to me, I don't know anything about cars, you know, that kind of way. He could have been kind of saying anything to me. So anyway, he, I just kind of said to him, oh, like, is that very expensive? And he kind of went, oh, sometimes it can be. But he said, look, give me a second. So anyway, he went into the workshop and brought out a load of tools and, like, opened up the bonnet and started working away on it. He was like taking parts out and I don't know what he was doing but I was kind of talking to him as he was doing this and then um, like he went back into where I thought was into his office to Aww. get like a carriage reader or something you know for me to pay like for whatever the work that he'd done like but he came out with a load of sweets in his hand and okay. like handed them to me and um, like uh, you know he had like a, <laughs> a can of Diet Coke and okay. a load of chocolate bars and I kind of was a bit taken aback and he kind of said, oh, look, it's a gift, you know. And oh, I, I thought it. he meant it's a gift, giving me the sweets, you know, that kind of way. Oh, no, but of course, yeah. I, I, I kind of said to him, oh, so how much is it, you know, like that? And he went, oh, no, 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 that's a gift, like, you know. So oh, I kind of was standing there with, like, tears in my eyes, you know, that kind of way, because, like, a week before that, I had... Had my car in another garage, like, and it had cost, it was like 850 wow. or something to fix it. So, so, J, so JPN Services yeah. Mechanics in Gl- Glenmire Business Park in Cork, yeah. they, they looked after, and it sounded like it was a fairly uh, big job, but he looked after you and then he said, Grand, go ahead. Did he say Happy yeah. Christmas or was there? Yeah, and like, well, he just kind of went, Oh, it's a gift, like, and smiled at me, kind of, and then he even, I was saying to Brenda, like, that he. 
actually was, I was having difficulty kind of turning the car out of where the garage is like and he's like oh let me do it like so he hopped in and turned it well like done. as well you know that kind of way like well, but it was so nice well, we've been talking to him. He's a lovely chap. He's, his name is Peter. And if you're in JPN, say thanks, Peter. Um, and he is from Croatia. God. Yeah, I, I kind of, I said, okay. you know, so, I remember, wasn't sure where he was from, like, or anything, because like, yeah, people were say, asking me. I'd say Peter is pretty downcast now, because he's from Croatia. I'm sure he was very happy yesterday with the prospect of Croatia and Argentina, with the hope. <laughs> that Croatia would get into their second. It was an incredible achievement, yeah. uh, their second World Cup final. But that was not to be. But anyway, no. apparently he's he's a decent, decent chap. So we'll say thanks to Peter and a happy Christmas, Hannah. And you, yeah. do you depend a lot on your car? Yeah, like, I suppose that's what I was saying to Brenda. Like, I, I, like, I suppose over the last year or two, like, I was diagnosed with a kind of form of congenital myopathy but okay. like obviously it's been something that I've had all my life but I didn't really know until like the last couple of years or whatever I didn't okay. get a proper like diagnosis or whatever but so like don't... I find like what you know that I rely a lot on my care like for hospital appointments and yeah. just even like my, my legs would get kind of weak after walking certain distances and stuff okay. so like I'm still kind of fully independent and everything but like, okay, it's well, well really done. important to we'll, me, though. Do you know, that kind of we'll way pass, carry, like... Well, you've already done it. Well, we pass on your thanks to Peter, uh, our proud Iseli, still, still proud to be uh, Croatian, uh, uh, <laughs> even after their... Well, they did they did very well, and they've been an incredible uh, <laughs> yeah. football team. They're, they'll be in the playoff now on Saturday, won't they, between uh, whoever is beaten tonight, be it Morocco... Uh, or France we'll wait and see okay Hannah kind regards happy Christmas Martin White Martin Joe how are you you say a dog in your pub ruined your you ruined your relationship ruined my possible second marriage oh no what happened I was uh, I met a lady online about six or eight weeks ago we said we'd meet for a drink down at the Grave Diggers in Dublin beside yeah in Dublin beside Glasnevin yeah Glasnevin yeah yeah I went in and I went up to the bar to get the two drinks. We sat down at a lovely little table with another couple next to us. I put yeah. the drinks put the drinks down on the table, and as if by magic, a dog appeared ah. and knocked the pint all oh, over me, no. all over me on my clean jeans. Ah, was it a black and white dog? I don't, I don't know. No, I don't <laughs> think it was. All over me, the clean jeans and the fellas and the couple next to me. So I don't. The, the date didn't last very long. I might have got about fifteen minutes out of it, and I haven't seen her since. So that poor, that little dog might have it could have been could have been could have been my soulmate. That's a I dog's lost. life. And, a, and uh, did actually, did did your prospective partner? It's, it's female, I think you alluded to that. She was. She, yeah, she, she was. She was um, did 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 she say anything about the dog? Did she? It's like it wasn't, of, your, wasn't it, your fault, Mark. It wasn't my fault. She wasn't, maybe this I is know. all for the best. Was she forgiving? But she wasn't too forgiven. It was quite shocking, I think, you know. And you're right, it's probably for the best. Yeah, and did, you, probably, did you try... Did you, did, you, did, you, did you try and track her down? Like, did you follow a definite lead or anything to try and get her back? I follow a definite lead. <laughs> I By did, the way... But I, did, but I did get another point. That was her nice collar on it. It was a nice good color. Luck, it good luck. It wasn't good. quite sufficient. <laughs> good luck. Martin, best of luck <laughs> on, the, on the front. Tommy Claffey. How are you, Joe? What, did, where did the dog die? When I got up to work this morning, a, a, a woman came out of the graveyard and she tell told people, me... Will you tell people where you work, Tommy? You're oh, not, you're not a household name yet. 
Cemetery. Yeah, you're, and, you're, uh, you're walking Parmesan Cemetery. Yeah, yeah. Outside, outside it. Outside it, yeah. Selling the flowers. And, uh, yeah, and uh, a, a woman come out, a young girl come out and shit. There's a, a dog lying at a headstone up there at the grave. Oh, no. And it's dead. Oh, and for she God said, I thought it was a teddy bear. So I went up, what? and it was a little beagle dog, and it must be belong to someone around the Parmesan area. So someone is missing a little beagle dog. It, uh, it, yeah, was, lying, it was lying across a grave. Now, I don't believe that whoever was in the grave... Is any connection with the dog because it the last burial in that grave was uh, the twentieth of May two thousand and fourteen, and it belonged to a Desmond Roach, Des Roach. Yeah. But it was just the way the dog was lying across the. But why the, would the, it? I dogs do go to graves, don't they? They do, yeah. But I mean, it was strange just the way he was lying across the 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 plinth of the graves. Like, Okay, yeah. and what did you do with the remains of the dog? Well, the, one of the grave diggers, I rang Bally Farmer and uh, anyway, Rowan he's, he's, he's down in the vet cell. The, one of the grave diggers ah, okay. brought him down to uh, Parmerstown. So, so was there any identification on the dog? Um, unfortunately, there wasn't. Ah, okay. There was just a okay. collar, but no name tag. Ah, okay. somebody, okay. Somebody's dog, at least... A beagle, a beagle. Was, okay. A beagle. Somebody okay. was looking at, you know... Okay. Sorry for cutting you off, Tommy. I'm way over I'm going to meet a mug Tommy Claffey back tomorrow, 1.45. Nadine Maloney producing Ray Darcy's next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie